It's Tuesday, February 6. I'm Josh Gabalich and this is AFL Daily. The winds of change have swept through the Wit Noble across the off-season and pre-season. We put the Western Bulldogs on the agenda this morning ahead of a crucial year for Luke Beveridge and other key figures in Footscray. The pre-season supplemental selection period deadline is fast approaching. 12 players are chasing spots across the competition, including six interesting names at Collingwood. Damien Barrett joins me this morning. Damo, good morning to you. Good to be back on deck with you on AFL Daily. Plenty to talk about this morning. The Western Bulldogs enter 2024 as one of the most intriguing sides in the competition, and we're going to unpack them this morning. Yeah, we will. And I'm also keen to get your take, Gabbo, on those uh, vacancies that do remain in the SSP uh, options for, for clubs before the season starts. You are across it last year like no one else, and you'll... Uh, Take our listeners through it again this morning as to what does lie ahead in that space. But they have been one of the stories uh, in the off-season, haven't they, the, the Bulldogs? Probably not quite as uh, explosive as St Kilda Footy Club when it came to their removal of their chief executive officer, Simon Lethleen, last week on the eve of the season. But equally, from a, uh, a big-picture perspective, the review that they conducted and the outsourcing of a lot of that review, Peter Jackson, uh, the great football administrator Peter Jackson, formerly of uh, Essendon and, and Melbourne and other contracts within the AFL system, was overseeing it. And the takeout of it, there was a change of position for, for Matt Egan and, and what it actually means for, for Luke Beveridge. And ultimately, not a lot has changed when it comes to the, the outlook of that footy club. While he lost a a key lieutenant, didn't he, in Rowan Smith prior to the review starting. Um, he has emerged from it pretty much the Luke Beveridge that we've seen in the uh, the time that he's been there since the start of the 2015 season. Damo, you've seen a lot of reviews in footy. And if we think about three or four recent reviews, they led to the departures of David Noble at North Melbourne, Brett Ratton at St Kilda, David T going back to 2020 at Carlton, and even Ben Rutten more recently at Essendon. There weren't any changes when the review dropped on January 25. Kylie Watson-Wheeler, the president of the Western Bulldogs, explained the review in the release. Where did it land with you? Were you satisfied on the back of the changes they made They made to the coaching department in the off-season that they'd done enough to make some manoeuvres around Luke Beveridge heading into this year? I, I don't know why clubs go down the path, though, Gabo, of reviewing it, but already have a preordained outcome as to part of it. And, and that was that Luke Beveridge's position and Luke Beveridge's role um, was not to be questioned. Now, they will argue that, that everything they did was to enhance his position and his role, and, and, I, and I get all that, and that's their right to do it. They can run their business the way they see fit. But... They're working backwards from that as as an outcome before it even started, and and that that was a surprise to me. And while there's, I think, some pushback on Luke Beveridge in, in recent times at the Footy Club, ultimately there's a lot of convincing of self at the Bulldogs that they, that they do push back on him and. I don't see it. I, I see a footy club that still has him as the absolute pinnacle of everything that goes on. And even if they don't run certain situations by him, they make decisions based upon what they think he would say about other matters. And and, and I don't think that's always been healthy. And I don't begrudge what they did when they recontracted him, Gabbo. You remember at the time it was uh, when other clubs were looking for coaches, St Kilda at that time with, with Ratton being moved on. And if uh, if Ross Lyon wasn't to, to work out, was Luke Beveridge going to be an option there? So I've got no drama with that because at one stage of his career, Gabbo, after seven completed seasons, he had made two grand finals inside those seven years. 
2016, obviously they won. 2021, they lost badly. But but ultimately, after seven seasons, he twice made a grand final. I have no issue with the club recontracting him then. And that, that contract is in place now until the end of 2025. But you do need to move with the times. And that grand final ended disastrously. And, and 16 of the last 17 goals were kicked by the opposition in that game to win that grand, that grand final. The very next year... They were seven goals up or 41 points up against Fremantle in an elimination final. Lost the game of footy. And then last year, lost to Hawthorne and West Coast, teams that finished last and, and third last on the ladder last year in two of the final three games to miss completely the final. So there needed to be some change. And, and I think more of that focus could have been on, on his role within that system, but they've obviously chosen to, to go down a different path. Damo, one of the key changes in the offseason was the acquisition of Matt Egan from Geelong. He was head of development there. He came across initially in October as coaching and performance manager. And in a matter of months, he was the big change in the review. He's the GM now of the football operations. He's going to work under Chris Grant. But what does it mean for Chris Grant? He's been there for a a long time, a key part of the Luke Beveridge era, obviously a great of that football club. But what does it mean for him with that promotion for Matt Egan? I think it's line ball as to as to what Chris Grant will be doing beyond this particular season. Uh, there's a, to me anyway, a, a semi-duplication of roles. And again, I'm not questioning what Peter Jackson has suggested. I'm not questioning what the footy club has, cho- has chosen to do. But there's been a fracturing of relationships within the dynamic. And, and this happens in footy. I mean, we're not raising this as a as, as a scandal. I mean, people do have problems with certain actions. And, and Luke Beveridge didn't like what Chris Grant did at, at certain stages of, of 2023. Rowan, the Rowan Smith decision was, was one of those occasions. I mean, sometimes the friction, Gabbo, as you well know, can, can be healthy and it can lead to change and it can lead to outside sourcing of, of, of people to try and come in and, and suggest changes. That, that is what has happened. But in terms of the specifics of, of Chris Grant, yeah, for, for Matty Egan to to go from being the, the coach and performance manager, as I think it was you were saying, um, to, to now being the general manager of the footy operations, it's a it's a significant elevation in a in a short period of time. Tom, I want to talk on field with you, but just quickly, let's recap some of the other changes that were made to this football department because they are important. Jaron Geary is a big one. He comes across the former St Kilda captain as a leadership coach and then development space along with Alex Johnson, a 2012 premiership player at Sydney. And Daniel Pratt comes across from West Coast after a decade under Adam Simpson to coach the back line. So intrigued to see how those parts all fit. But on field, Damo, the big story in December at the Western Bulldogs was, of course, Bailey Smith. He ruptured his ACL after a blistering start to the pre-season, it's going to be a massive year for him, isn't it? When you think about his contract status, he's out of contract in October, considered a move last October. A huge year for him, isn't it? It is, Gabbo. And and that move potentially was on. Certainly the conversations were on around Bailey Smith to leave the club under contract in the last trade period. Now, we know it didn't happen. People blinked in the end and Geelong was actively seeking that positioning for him. There were other other interests, uh, Hawthorne and, and Collingwood to, to a lesser extent, but but certainly the Cats were were in negotiations in their minds with people around Bailey Smith. It didn't happen. So what that means at the end of this year when he doesn't play from that ACL, who knows? There's a lot of work to be done in that space. Another issue was the the decision by Tim English as we speak this morning on this Tuesday, February 6th, uh, yet to determine what he wants to do with his free agency status. And he's clearly the the biggest free agent going into 2024 and the interest, um, obviously, from from West Coast um, for, for him. So that's a big story. You've got Jack McRae, who has 
hasn't been in good form in, in terms of comparing him with his absolute best in in recent times, and he's had a an interrupted preseason. Yeah, but you, you've spent time with the club in the the past week. I know you've been in on um, certain correspondence and, and, and meetings and and uh, various other forms of communication with the dogs. What are you observing for, for them as, as they come out of a, a pretty troubling, relatively recent past, given the expectations have been always high on their performances? Well, Dom, I spent last week up in Malulaba on the Sunshine Coast on their pre-season camp and and did watch them train and interviewed a few different people and spoke to a lot of figures around the club for some pieces that will come out this week. And there is a great deal of excitement at the Western Bulldogs around two new faces at the club. And the first one is Riley Sanders. The hype around this kid is real. He's going to start this year in the senior side come March 17 against Melbourne, unless something happens between now and then from an injury perspective. He'll start the year as one of the favourites for the rising star. And I spent the best part of half an hour talking to him at the hotel last week and speaking to a lot of people around him and blown away, absolutely blown away by the, by the preparation, the maturity and just the drive. I mean, he's not only tapping into the likes of Trelaw and Bontempelli and Liberatore, but he's also hit up someone like Tom Green, who he loves to watch. He just hit him up on his own accord and has built a relationship with him. And Harry Sheaves was his best mate. He played with him at the Sandringham Dragons. And he's just picked little things off all these people to put him in a position. It is February 6, but he is ready to go and to slot straight into the midfield and help replace, cover the loss of Bailey Smith. Is the, is the absence of Smith part of why you are locking him in for round one? Oh, he would have played anyway. I think now we'll see with no Bailey Smith, the other fresh face in James Harms, who cost a future third-round pick in October, is going to slot in and play a really important role. He kicked four goals in 80 minutes of match sim last week in really difficult conditions to really stamp himself after a slow start to the preseason. He looks ready to go. So they're two new faces at the Western Bulldogs demo that I'm really excited about seeing this year. One more on them before we uh, we shut down the Bulldogs conversation, Gabo. The, the back line to me from the outside looking in, I know you know they've, they've got a, a returning player in Liam Jones, but, but is, there, is, is there still a doubt in your eyes as to that standing up when it's uh, required in 2024? It's going to be a, a fascinating watch. As we mentioned before, Daniel Pratt's looking after the back line now. It's going to look different to what we've seen from the Western Bulldogs in the past. Alex Keith has barely done the preseason with a knee issue. But I tell you who I think is one of the most improved players I've seen across the entire preseason is James O'Donnell. Think back to April last year. They signed him as a Category B rookie, and he copped a lot of flack early when Luke Beveridge was playing him ahead of schedule. He ended up playing 12 games in the end, and there's a reason why he played so much footy last year. He is improving week in, week out. I think he's going to come in and play round one alongside potentially Nick Caulfield, who they also recruited, or Buku Kamas, who's moved down back. So it's going to be a different-looking back six or back seven demo, but really, really interesting. So um, we'll be discussing the Western Bulldogs in depth between now and that season opener against the Demons. But coming up next on AFL Daily, the SSP deadline is just around the corner. Who's going to land a spot in the AFL? G'day, it's Warnie here from The Traders, one of AFL.com.au's fantasy experts. AFL Fantasy is open for 2024 and we're keeping everyone in the loop of who's burning up the track and who is training the house down as we pick our classic and draft teams. Register now at fantasy.afl.com.au and make sure you're clicking back to afl.com.au and the AFL Live official app for plenty of tips for this preseason. 
Welcome back to AFL Daily. This time last year, Oleg Markov wasn't a Collingwood player, and by the final Saturday in September, he became a Premiership player. That is why you can't discount the SSP window demo. Now, I'm not saying that the 12 players that are currently training around the competition are going to become Premiership players, but it is a fascinating watch at this time of year. And November 27 was the day that the window opened, and straight away, the three players that have landed an opportunity were signed on that opening morning, Marty Hoare at Melbourne, Lockie Bramble at the Western Bulldogs, and Jeremy Sharp at Fremantle. So take us through it, Gabbo. Uh, so, so, again, you, you you lead this space better than anyone I know in the game. So how many spots are left for clubs to take players, and how many players are vying for them realistically? Well, right now, there are only three clubs involved, Collingwood, Fremantle, and Richmond. The pie is the most interesting. This is a side that won the Premiership only a matter of months ago, but they've been trialling six players across December and January, and they're going to give them all the way up until February 15, ahead of the deadline on February 19. And the players are really diverse. So they've got two that have come out of the VFO VFL program in Josh Eyre, the former Bomber, and Campbell Husswaite. They've got Lockie Sullivan, who was the captain of Footscray across the last couple of years, one of the best players in the VFL, Jack Bytel, former St Kilda midfielder, Bryn Teekle, delisted Port Adelaide Ruckman, and the one that I like the most, Demo, a Vaffa star, Sam Sofranides, who dominated for collisions and is well and truly in the hunt to climb out of local footy and into the AFL this month. You love him. You've been talking about him as far back as late last year, Gabbo, so you reckon he might get in? I'm fascinated. By it. There's still a lot to play. I think Josh Eyre is in the box seat to get the spot. He was part of the program last year in the VFL. Lockie Sullivan dominated in match practice last Friday. It's a really healthy competition. I think this one is going to go down the wire. I don't think they're going to use all three spots. I think they'll open, keep a spot open for the mid-season draft. They've got Dan McStay's spot as well. But as far as I'm aware at this point, they're not going to open up that spot. They'll probably just take two in the end. So a huge watch there. And Fremantle is the other club. Dumber. They've had four players trialling across the off-season, and this changed a little bit over the weekend. Dan McKenzie, someone many footy fans will be across, former Saint, was delisted in October, started training with Fremantle earlier this year, but has had all these soft tissue issues, and on the weekend... He hurt his hamstring. He was going to go and train with Gold Coast ahead of the deadline, but he's going to stay at the Dockers until the end of the period and do his rehab there. They've got three other players training with them. Patrick Voss, the former bomber. Sam Van Royen, the younger brother of Jacob Van Royen from Melbourne. And Woodville West Torrens small forward Max Beattie. So a fascinating watch out at the Dockers as well, Damo. You're referencing there of Oleg Markov. and It's another provision of hope, isn't it, for, for players who uh, haven't been able to get into the system or stay in the system through the, the traditional means. It is. We've seen some, some great stories in recent years come through the mid-season draft and come out of the SSP. It's just another avenue for, for players to finally earn an opportunity at AFL level. And with Markov, we did see him have such a big impact Anthony Caminiti was the other one last year at St Kilda who played a lot of footy, played in the final. Like We are seeing some of these players come on and get that opportunity. So a big watch there, Damo. But that's all we've got time for on this Tuesday edition of AFL Daily. Keep clicking back to afl.com.au for all the latest news from this preseason as we edge closer to round one. And today, look out, Damo's column is back for the first time in 2024. I'm looking forward to reading that. We'll see you again tomorrow with plenty more on AFL Daily.